my wonderful friends. Welcome to Fate FM Drive Time Big Q&A. This is a program where we respond to difficult questions concerning God, faith. And uh, we are about to start quite late today. And please stay with us as we are um, sorting out this thing and uh, we really apologize for this uh, technical issues which we had today. Uh, my name is Nick Krita. I'm your host uh, and I'm very happy for you that you are tuning in with us and stay with us uh, even through these uh, um, uh, technical uh, uh, problems. Now, um, my co-host today is also Helen Gray and Helen, it's good to have you with us and thank you for praying while we are where we were trying to sort out this uh, issue, but we are live now, and uh, thank God for that. Uh, Helen, it's um, uh, a minister working with the church community in Birdwood, and um, yeah, welcome to the program, Helen. Thank you, Nick. I think it would be good to offer a thank you to God that we're on the air. May oh, I that's pray? a very good uh, idea, Helen. Thank you for that. Okay, let's pray, shall we? Loving Heavenly Father, we know that you are in control of all things. We know sometimes things happen, Father, we have no control over, but we know ultimately you are our great God, our great King, our great, re- great Redeemer and Saviour. And Lord, we thank you for allowing us to come on the air for um, sorting out some of the technical problems. And thank you, Lord, that we can share again tonight wonderful things from your Bible. Lord, as we go through this this study, may our hearts be open to receive whatever it is that you want that will change our lives in a mighty way. We pray in your name. Amen. Amen. Helen, because of time, uh, we'll kick right into the subject uh, today. Uh, not much um, uh, World Watch and uh, other things, but uh, the topic for um, the whole week is um, if God is a loving God and all-powerful, why doesn't he fix the problem of pain? I think that's a huge question. I get asked that quite a lot. Mm. Quite a lot. But today we are going to uh, to deal with um, how did a perfect creation get so ugly? Interesting topic. Yes. And for the whole week, Helen, we are going to approach quite interesting topics. Mm-hmm. And I'll encourage our listener to um, keep coming back with us on drive time uh, this um, time of the day. Uh, tomorrow we are going to talk about does Satan really exist? Why? And why does it matter if, <laughs> if Satan exists? And then Wednesday, uh, did God create Satan? Wow, what a question there. Uh, and what did Christ say about evil? And we'll conclude the week, um, uh, myself and Tracy, with uh, can't God deal with evil right now, right away? All the all those questions are part of this topic which we address. Are very, I think, mm. very big questions, and yes. they've been asked all over the ages, mm. um, from um, from time to time. And uh, even today, I believe many people they don't want to know anything about God just because of some of those uh, mm. questions. Fine. We'll try to answer as best as we can in the time um, left, uh, Helen. And let's uh, um, let's start it. Uh, how did the perfect uh, creation get so? Ugly. 
Alright, well, uh, probably it's uh, important to to start with a, a verse in Genesis. Is that uh, okay? We are going to Genesis 1. Genesis 1. But let me just mention that in Hebrews 11, 1 to 3, it does mention that creation, mm-hmm. it, it indicates is the first evidence of faith in God. And that tells you alone, many people do not believe in creation of the Bible. You know, it's creation versus evolution. And yet here we're told by um, Paul in Hebrews, the first evidence of faith in God starts right back there. Mm, and mm. so if you want to read Genesis 1-1, that would be great. I'm going to do that uh, right now, uh, Helen. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Yes. God first uh, – oh, you were going to say something. I was yes? just going to jump in, but you go right ahead. Mm-hmm. God's first – Um, divine commandment begins the pro- uh, the process of transforming the chaos. And he does that in our life too, by mm. the way. Mm. <laughs> yes. And um, do you want me to read uh, Genesis or yes. you have ready yourself Genesis 1, want to read the whole verse? I have, yeah, well, you've just read the verse. But yeah, if we go through and we look at chapter 1, we're not going to read the whole chapter. We're right out of time for that. But, you know, the word God said jumps out at your neck over and over and over again. Mm. And um, it's, it's, do you know how many times it comes in that chapter? Okay, you can uh, help me now. It's ten times. It says, God said, God said, and it happened. You know, it was a meaning of bringing about life and order. And Nick, if you'd like to read verse four for us, that would be helpful too. All right, uh, Genesis chapter uh, one, one and four. verse four. Mm-hmm. It says this, and this is uh, from uh, New King James. Uh, it's a bit easy for me to read, but yeah, if you have another translation, um, please check with that also. Number uh, uh, verse four, mm-hmm. and God saw the light that it was good, and God divided the light from the darkness. Now, the reason I got you to say that verse, you've probably got a question mark right now. I can see it on your mm. face. All the way through, God said, and it was good. Mm. Now, when I thought about that, seven times it occurs, perfect number. And it's like um, a divine approval, if you like, to emphasize creation's quality and the aptness for its purpose. And that, my friend, stands in contrast to the condition that we're going to talk about described following the fall, which we'll look at in Chapter 3. But before that... All right. Yes. Uh, yes. Before that, we're going to look at why, the big question. Why would God want to create this earth, Nick? That's... That's uh, our question, yeah, uh, also. I mean, look around. This this world is shocking, isn't it? I mean, it's gone crazy, hasn't it? Absolutely. Um, yeah. But simply put, why would God want to do that? God is what? He is love, isn't he? He is love, and he wants to share that love, Nick. You know, if we look at nature and revelation, they are like testify of God's love. Our Father in heaven is the source of life, of wisdom and joy. God created. God, very personal. God created. What did he create? The heavens and the earth. 
you know, he's a near God, he's a far God, but he created it all. And it's very interesting when you look at him. As I said, he is the source of life, wisdom and joy. And we need to look at the beautiful and wonderful things in nature. And that's where we're going for a few minutes, Nick, with your permission. Mm. I remember years ago, um, my husband and I used to sing a song. It was from a country and western hymnal. I think it might have been vol- volume no, it was a Western Western songbook, Volume 6, I think. And it goes like this. It says, each little flower within my garden, each little sparrow that's singing there, proclaims the love of my matchless Saviour, and each living creature is in his care. The chorus said, how can you say there is no God to save my soul? How can you say there is no God to make me whole? The lonely road to Calvary my Saviour trod, how can you say there is no God? Nature and revelation alike, they actually testify that there is a a God and the Bible is very clear when it says God created. God created the earth. Let's think about the Garden of Eden. Right. Were you there? In the Garden of Eden? Uh Uh-huh. No, obviously. (laughs) No, No, none of us were. But, you know, the Bible does tell us some things about it. And for a start, who planted the garden? I believe God. Absolutely. That wasn't a trick question, by the way. Mm. God planted the Garden of Eden. God is perfect. Was the Garden of Eden perfect? Absolutely. The Garden of Eden was perfect. By the way, it is a real, was a real place, and it was a garden. And when we think of gardens, Nick, we think of a lush natural reserve, you know, and Absolutely amazing when you, when you think about it. In fact, I was reading something um, earlier today, and it's about one of my favorite authors, and it comes from a little book called Steps to Christ, and it says, Nature and revelation alike testify of God's love. Our Father in heaven is the source of life, mm. of wisdom and of joy, and look at the wonderful and beautiful things of nature. Think of their marvelous adaptation to the needs and happiness, not only of man, but of all living creatures, the sunshine and the rain that gladden and refresh the earth, the hills and the seas and the plains all speak to us of the Creator's love. It is God who supplies the daily needs of all his creatures. Of In the beautiful words of the psalmist, and I'm going to read this, Nick, if that's all right, unless sure. you've got it very quickly, uh, Psalm 145, and it's verses 15 and 16. All right. Um, yeah. Do you want to read it yourself? Or, no, uh, you can yeah? read that okay. if you've got Psalms. it. That would be great. 145, verse 15 and 16. 145, mm-hmm. and verse uh, 15 and 16. Yeah, verse 15 and 16. Again, from uh, uh, New King James Version. It says, The eyes of all look expectantly to you, and you give them their food. In due season, you open your hand and satisfy the desire of every living thing. Absolutely. And and isn't that good to know that he satisfies the desire of every living thing? Mm. Not our wants, not necessarily what we re- really want, but if we're in tune with God... He will meet all our needs. Mm. He's our shepherd. Mm. And, and it's interesting that you mentioned that, uh, Helen, uh, because when we talk about the desires, sometimes I believe we went uh, uh, wrong way. You know, uh, um, the desires are good. You know, uh, you desire to 
to have something to eat. But it's important to know uh, what's good to eat. That's exactly Because right. sometimes the desire could be on the wrong way. You know, mm. you desire to eat only the wrong thing, mm. particularly for us humans, yes. because it's interesting that animals are probably more clever on that aspect. They know how to choose uh, what to eat, you know, uh, um, not to poison themselves, maybe, you know. That is uh, true. But is uh, true. so many times we, we, because of the desire, wrong desires or evil desires, if you like, we can choose uh, uh, something wrong for ourselves. But the desire is not nothing wrong with desires, to have good desires. Yes, especially uh, if they're in line with God. Mm. I was just looking. You, did you read from the New King James? I did. Yes, you did. I was just looking to see if I had another version, but I don't have another one with me um, that might actually clear that one up as yeah, well. Stay to, uh, yeah, microphone, I, I, I'm, I'm losing you a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just wandering away around this, this um, office at That's the okay. moment. We, we are a little yes. bit, uh, um, you know, um, uh, disturbed because of the situation at the beginning, you know, not being able to connect properly. Yes. Uh, but. Um, you we know, uh, we are live and when you are live, press this on. But uh, hey, let's see. Yeah, I just uh, keep um, looking into into this uh, yeah, from Genesis yes, and if it's yes. other books yes. which you like to. I, I remember, uh-huh. I remind again our listener that we are talking about uh, uh, today. The question is, uh, how did the perfect creation got so ugly? Let me just add to that one. When you think about the creation, God made man perfectly holy and happy, and the fair earth, as it came from the Creator's hand, bore no blight of decay or shadow of the curse. Can you imagine that? You know, we see our world today, and it's vastly different. Mm. You know, God created that word, beautiful and true, but because of man's sin, and we're going to talk about through the week how that came about, so I'm not going to encroach on that, but man's sin, he separated himself from God, and and the land was actually cursed. And so from going from beautiful and true, it actually went to marred. Mm if you like, and it cursed and, and untrue. It was a gift that God gave us, but then it became a curse. Mm-hmm. You know, you can see the difference there. It was joy that God gave us, and then we ended up with misery. Yeah, absolutely. Not because God gave, it to, gave misery to us. It's because we tend to choose the wrong things, and we let things put in, put in front of God. You know, this world was warm with his love, but cold now mm. because of Satan's lies. You're right. You know, there was no suffering. What do we see today? Oh, lots of suffering. Yeah, there was no sin. Now we have sinners, you know. And we could go on and on and on, you know. Um, when we read the book, Great Controversy, it tells you actually why all that happened and how it came to be. But, you know, I think of I think of the world and I look at it and I think... Wow, God made that world for us. You know, it was a real place that he made. We're living in this real place now, mm. Nick. And, and for me, that is just amazing. But I do want to share with you something else I was reading. And it was talking about the fall. And it said, why this nonsense? Mm. And it said it was cold winter day and my father had taken me for a walk in the snow. We were poor and I was not equipped for this kind of expedition. Very quickly, the excitement of the first moments evolved into unbearable pain in my frozen feet and hands. I could barely speak. And when my father turned to me and he said, what's wrong with you, son? And I complained about the pain in my feet and fingers and wondered out loud, why all of this misery? 
why is it so cold? Why do we suffer? And why does God allow this nonsense to happen? And, you know, over the years, I've thought about those questions too. You know, in fact, they concern me more than perhaps a young lad's cold feet because I wonder today when I hear of the rape and the murder that goes on in, in this earth, you know, the injustices, um, Nick, in this world and in my life, and, and why are so many dying from things in this world, viruses and what have you, mm. indiscriminately killing people, all ages, in hospitals, in the streets, under bridges? And, you know, the question comes to mind, why does God let this happen? Sadly, that then brings doubts. Mm. And apart from that, that's why a lot of people turn away and they do not believe in creation mm. because how could a God... A, a perfect God, a loving God, how could he allow these things to happen? So they say there must not be a God. And let me just have a quick talk about evolution, and I'm not going down very far on this one, but I do want to talk a little bit about it in the fact that you've, you, you can't have both. You've either got creation and God created or you've got evolution that was a big, huge bang, mm. you know, and you can't have both. I'm sorry. They even though, yeah, even though these go. days uh, a lot of people like uh, yeah. believe in the, um, uh, how you call that? Uh, I can't think of the word now, like when God created, but uh, in a theistic, theistic evolution. evolution. That's yeah. it. Yeah, that God was the created, word. left us alone, get on yeah. with it, evolve and what have yeah. you. I understand that. But, you know. I, I remember th reading through some of Darwin's notes. His was only a theory. You need mm -hmm. a lot of faith to believe in it. Mm -hmm. Some people say, but hey, it's no different from Scripture. Yes, you need a lot of faith. But I believe we've got more evidence mm. on, on just look at the stars, look at our own bodies, look outside at nature. How does this all happen? How do, how do the bees know to make all these little hexagons in there? You know, you've got bees mm. in, in their hive. They're perfect. You know, and when you, when you look at different things and I'm thinking, well, okay, They say that we actually came from the apes or from primordial swamp. You know, Darwin actually made a statement which really resonated with me. He said, if someone could show him irreducible complexity, I'll explain that in just a minute, mm -hmm. irreducible complexity, his theory goes out the window. By that I mean, if he could be shown that you could not reduce anything else down and still call it what it is, it doesn't work. A mouse trap. Very mm. simple mm. example. A mouse trap. You have a mouse trap, Nick. You take any part of that mouse trap away, any single part, it's no longer a mouse trap. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't work. The bombardier beetle, classic example in nature, has two gases in its stomach. Mm. If it had to evolve, it wouldn't have made it. It would have blown up. Right. You know, it's really interesting when you start to look at some of these things. And that, and even, even ourselves, you look at the eye. You know, and that's what he was saying. If you can't break it down any further, my theory goes out the window. That's what he was saying. Okay. And that's very, very interesting. And I know some people, I have brought along a poem. It's a bit funny, but I thought I'd share it tonight. Um, you know, people say, yeah, well, we descended from the apes. And I came across this monkey poem. I don't know if you've ever heard it. I heard it years ago. And my mum quoted it. And it says, three monkeys sat in a coconut tree. 
discussing some things that are said to be, said one to the others. Now listen, you two, there's a rumour that certainly cannot be true, that man descended from our noble race, the very idea is a total disgrace. No monkey ever deserted his wife, starved her babies and ruined her life, and you've never known a mother monk to leave her babies with others and bunk, or pass them on from one to another till they scarcely know who is their mother. Another thing that you would never see is a monkey build a fence around his coconut tree, (laughs) forbidding all other monkeys from taking, for then they would all become thieves in the making. And if I were to put a fence around my tree, starvation would force them to steal from me. And another thing that a monkey won't do, go out late at night and get in a stew, using a gun, a club or a knife to take some other monkey's life. All man descended, the ornery curse, curse. But brothers, he didn't descend. From us, <laughs> and I just wanted to share that it's a little bit funny, but you know, in in reality, speaks a lot of truth. Yeah, yeah, they cannot find that link, mm. and that is because there isn't the link, you know. But let's get back to the fall. You know, when you think about the fall and you think about the changes that happened in this world, and I um, came across this again too. It said, "It is transgression of God's law, the love of the law of love, that has brought woe and death." Yet even amid the suffering that results from sin, God's love is revealed. It is written that God cursed the ground for man's sake. And you will find that in Genesis. In fact, read that to me. Mm. Genesis 3.17. In Genesis uh, chapter 3, verse uh, 17, 17, it says, Then to Adam he said, Because you have heeded the voice of your wife, and have eaten from the tree of which I commanded you, saying you shall not eat of it. Now should I read the, uh, further? Yes. Curse mm-hmm. is the ground for your sake. In toil you shall eat of it all the days of your life. Interesting. Mm. The ground was cursed. But tell me, Nick, did that obliterate all the good things that God did? No, absolutely not. Are you sure? Uh, I mean, uh, there are still lots of good things happening. Mm-hmm. What? Uh, I mean, yeah, lots of things. The, the flower still smells beautifully. Some of the flowers, I believe. I mean, probably they smell much better in, uh, in Eden. But uh, they have also beautiful... Solomon speaks about the, the beautiful uh, white mm-hmm. of the... How you call the flower cream? So how you call it in English? The beautiful white flower. I can't think in English. You know the name of it. But Solomon speaks about how beautiful is. Somebody will understand. Yeah, like uh, like cream. We say in uh, my language, the creams. Yes. If you look at nature, if you look at nature, I'm pausing for a moment here because I am overwhelmed by nature. You know, at night I pull the curtain back and I see the stars and they're all in place. And if you go and look at at um, some of the scientific journals, it blows your mind. Mm. It blows your mind. How many galaxies are there? How many stars? You know, we are, if you look at it, we become somewhat insignificant, but not in God's eyes, which which is absolutely beautiful. But when you actually look and you see the grass and it still springs up and the birds are still, you know, singing their happy songs. And if you also notice the roses, and I've always said that there are flowers on the thistles and there are thorns covered with roses. Mm. 
and God is still shining through. I want to share just a, how's our time going? Yeah, Do well, we need uh, to have a break? Yeah, we, we may take a short break, but uh, when yeah. you, if you want to finish that thought, yeah, then, then probably that. we'll have a break Thank after you. that. I want to talk a little story that I came across, and it's called The Sweet and the Innocent. And I thought you might be interested in this. It says, in the lush rainforests of Costa Rica, competition for sunlight is fierce. When an aging giant falls, seedlings race to fill the gap in the canopy, and vines cling to the seedlings for a ride up into the sun. But one young tree is always free of unwanted hitchhikers. Each swollen thorn acacia seedling hosts a colony of ants that act as guardians. The ants cut off the leaves of encroaching vines, sting visiting insects that would find the acacia leaves a tasty meal, allowing the acacia to grow toward the sun in peace. And in turn, the ants live in the acacia's large hollow thorns, drink the sweet nectar that exudes from the base of the leaf stems, feed their larvae with special protein-rich structures that grow at the tip of some of the leaves, and it's a happy situation for both the ant colony and the tree. What great fun, Nick. God must have had mm. when he created all these things. He worked out all the living arrangements that ensured every living thing a place in the sun. Mm. You know, I, I think about that and I think, wow, what sort of a God created these things? He is a loving God. It breaks his heart to see what's happening in this world. Absolutely. He never, he never created this world to be like it is. But because of what happened with sin, Satan... It has brought this curse upon our land. And later on in the week, we're going to discover why God didn't zap it all and restart again, or, you know, why are we doing that? But I won't encroach on that. Let's go to a break. Yeah, while you said that, um, I'm going to offer that free um, uh, book which we have for today, uh, which talks exactly what you just uh, said. Um, I'll just give a bit of background of that one. But just let um, uh, give our phone number to our listeners in case. Case if you if you tune in uh, the first time, I believe those of you who are uh, our faithful listeners, you know already the numbers um, and the number where you can send a text message to uh, to uh, receive this free offer we give. And the phone number it's zero four double eight double eight zero eight double one. On this uh, phone number also you can send a text message to talk to us um, on this program. You know you can be part of the program. I like to say that always because we want to be as interactive as possible. Even though today I have to mention this again that we have a few issues at the beginning and we struggle to um, to get. Uh, um, at the beginning, you know, on air, but we are here now and uh, praise God for that. Now, the book which we are going to give you, actually, it's a, it's a magazine. It's called uh, uh, Science of the Time Special, which deals with the book Great Controversy. Um, uh, Truth Matters. Um, this is a series by the Science of the Time magazine. Thousands of years ago, the most Honored angel in all heaven accused God of being being unjust and demanded that he, Lucifer, be placed on God's throne. How should God respond to the uh, to this false accusation? Many people wonder why God didn't just zap 
Lucifer in that minute. Exactly mm. what you just said, Helen. It's going to be an interesting week. I'll God could you. do it. Absolutely. God could do it. But why mm-hmm. God didn't uh, zap him um, in that uh, minute, the, the rebelled um, angel? But would that have solved anything? That's the big question also. Yes. This new edition of the Science of the Time magazine, uh, Truth Matters series, offers an explanation of God's response. And I hope you do, uh, you'll uh, um, ask for this uh, book. Now, the offer is uh, you need to send us a, a code number with SMS, say SA31. S831 and uh, this magazine can be yours. We'll organize uh, you to have it. But let's go for a song, Helen. Uh, and I think this is a beautiful song uh, uh, called uh, Somebody Bigger <sighs> Than You and I. Worth listening to. How beautiful. Faith 
You are listening to Faith FM Drive Time BQ&A with Nick Rita and our co-host today is Helen Gray. What a wonderful song, Helen. Beautiful, beautiful Love song. It. Love it. Now, uh, we're just dealing, uh, Helen, with this uh, question. Uh, how did the perfect creation get so Ugly. Ugly. You know, this is the question yes. which we have for um, for today. Dealing under the, the topic of the week, uh, if God is a loving and all-powerful, why doesn't he fix the problem of pain? Yes. And that's one of the um, the things which people today are are facing, you know, uh, lots of pain. I hear on the news, uh, Helen, every day almost uh, lots of troubles, uh, lots of headaches. And um, yeah, that's a justified question in some way, you know, it to is. say why God is not fixing this problem. Actually, I was um, asked that question by somebody who declared that he's uh, an atheist. Uh, but, and also he said that he's an agnostic. I never understood how that can marry together, but, uh, uh, he said exactly the same question. Where is God when a three-year-old girl is raped, for example, or some other things? And he was, uh, he was mocking God, you know? Um, and I had to share with him at that time my own experience because he was even trying to be a bit, you know, looking under the table, show me what is God, you know, I'll believe in him. And I share my story. I share my testimony, how God softened my heart yes. and how God uh, worked in my heart to be uh, a different person. Amen. And I'm not going into that story, but one thing st- stuck with me since then. He said after that discussion, it seems like you have something which I don't have. Wow. Wow. And I believe, yes. you know, see, this is the, Praise this is God. why we want to share Helen That's through, the Spirit, through the, through the broadcast, through yes. this program. Yes. We want to share, as the song puts it just uh, a bit uh, earlier, that there is somebody bigger, bigger than, <laughs> than you and I. How big is God? Amen. You know, big enough to, to look after the whole universe and small enough to fit into mm. our hearts mm. with his feet sticking out. Absolutely. That's a little girl All right, Helen, time is going very, yes. uh, very quickly, but yes. uh, let's bring a little bit together, yeah. you know, in the next five minutes. Yes. Uh, or I so. want to come back to the Garden of Eden, if I may. There were trees in the Garden mm. of Eden, obviously, but there were special trees. What were they? The tree of what? I mean, they were tree, tree of life, you know, the yes. tree of uh, of the knowledge of of uh, good and evil. Yes. Yes. Yeah? At yes. least, at least some yes. of them named like that. That's Maybe I don't know how many trees were and uh, what sort of tree were were there, but I believe there were amazing. There was. Amazing trees there with amazing yes. fruits and yes. whatever. And and isn't it interesting that God made everything perfect, but he also said, virtually, I'm paraphrasing here, he's virtually saying, okay, Adam and Eve, uh, you can stay here and you can eat anything you want in the garden. Mm. You're, you're in control of this. However, there is one, one tree that I don't want you to go near. Mm. don't want you to touch it. don't want you to eat from it. That's when Satan entered, and you'll hear more about that through the week. But it was, I believe it was while Eve was standing under that tree that the doubts came in. 
but it was a gift of life that God actually had granted to her and to all humankind. It was a gift, mm. but it was not unconditional. You know, humans are, are not immortal by nature, are they? No. Oh, no, of course not. Yeah. Would you just quickly read 1 Timothy 6.16? Because I just want to clear this up before we go too far. Or Okay, 1 Timothy. Yeah, 1 Timothy 6.16. I think this is where people seem to have a lot of problems. Okay, let me just get to that um, 1 Timothy chapter. 6, verse 16. Verse 16. All right. Who alone has immortality, dwelling in unapproachable light, whom no man has seen or can see, to whom be the honor, be honored, and everlasting power. I mean, obviously, this is in, in implying that only God, Amen. only God uh, has immortality. Yes, and I think a lot of people miss that, mm-hmm. and that's what Satan wants them to miss. You know, it is highly significant um, when we look at this, Nick, that God linked the problem of life and death to a tree of knowledge of good mm. and evil. And in regard to that tree, he clearly did warn Adam and Eve that the day you eat of it, you shall surely die. He didn't want them to eat it, Mm. but he gave a freedom of choice. We today have a freedom of choice. Who are we going to follow? Are we going to listen to God and and know the truth, or are we going to listen to that accuser of the brethren who will put doubts into our mind? Mm. And, you know, when, when we think about all that, and the prohibition that God gave against eating the tree of the knowledge of good and evil was not because, Nick, he didn't say, because I said so. Mm-hmm. Oh, I remember when I was growing up, I'd say to Mum, why? And she said, because I said so. Boy, that used to irritate me. Uh, just, uh, just on that one very quickly, Helen, because yes. I think it's very powerful, mm. uh, the freedom of choice. Um, you know, in the case with Lucifer, and uh, if we go into that story yes. a bit more, we know that a third of the angels, you know, they choose to yes. follow Satan. But it's yes. interesting that intelligent choice, because uh, uh, two thirds choose not to. Amen. And that's so that's, that's what we can do today. Also, yes. we can choose whatever, but with an intelligent choice, we can choose the right thing yes. rather than to to just. I, I don't know, you know, those yes. um, um, angels yes. who choose to follow the um, deceiver, yes. I wonder, you know, I wonder in how thoroughly, how you say that, how, how they thought of all this plan which Satan presented before them. Because obviously there was two-thirds who dis- disagree yes. with that. Yes. Who said, no, no way, you know, yes. we, we cannot go along that plan. Yeah, but you mm. get that today. Mm. You actually get that today. And I think it becomes man's stubbornness as well. I've been in meetings where everybody, you know, was saying something and one person wouldn't believe it, even though it was from Scripture. It could be ambitions, just, could be yeah, all sorts of things. Yeah, yeah. it's mm. almost like a hardening of the heart. But, you know, let me just say, it, it, God didn't say because I said so. He gave them reasons. The gift of choice was fundamental Mm. to God's kingdom of love. You know, Adam and Eve's choice to obey or disobey, to choose good over evil, was actually a matter of life and death. And God spelt it out. You know, and, you know, centuries later, Paul said in, um, I think it's Romans, he said, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. And I hope that everyone listening tonight will stop and think about some of the words that we've said 
some of the things that we've we've looked at the beautiful garden of eden and how god made it so perfect but even though sin has come into this world we still have the roses on the thorns mm. and the flowers on the thistles we just have to focus on that oh i remember that uh, very nice saying yes. uh, uh, helen and uh, i rem- comes in my mind uh, also another beautiful uh, thought that uh, we should look more for uh, even into a beautiful garden so garden of roses we should uh, look and maybe smell those beautiful roses that rather than look to the thorns oh, all amen. the time you know amen. and be stuck into the all the troubles but isn't that the same when in humanity we need to look at the good things of people Mm. And that's what Jesus did. That God, Jesus, love, agape love, you mm. know, the most perfect love. And they want us to feel the same way, you know, about the earth. And let me tell you, this is not going to go on forever. God is going to stop it. And we're going to go home one day to a place which is perfect again. And I can't wait for it. I've got a friend who said, I'm going to build a house out of roses because they'll never die. <laughs> and I think that's a beautiful thought, mm. you know. God is God of love. Beautiful. Let's follow him. Beautiful. Now, um, uh, just today in, in this uh, time we had, we tried to talk about uh, uh, how did the perfect creation got so mm-hmm. ugly. And um, we're inviting you to join us again when we are going to talk a little bit more about uh, how did the perfect, uh, um, does Satan really exist and why did that matters, you know, uh, and we have a few other questions which we'll deal with uh, as the week progresses. Uh, did God create Satan or uh, what did uh, Christ say about evil? Can't God deal with uh, evil right now with all the evil uh, happening in this world? Of course he can, uh, but he has plans for you and me uh, to, to be connected, to be in that relationship with our creator, God, savior, redeemer, and he can change around our hearts, our minds, our entire being. Huh. And praise uh, his name for his uh, long suffering with each one of us. Yeah. Because we are, um, as the Bible puts it, uh, a very stubborn, um, st- stick, stiff-necked. Yes. people and uh, he doesn't want anybody to perish and we prove that many times but he yes. doesn't want anybody to perish oh thank you for joining us um, uh, today and please uh, get that offer uh, which we have for you um, um, talking about the great controversy uh, you just need to send um, a, a code uh, with on the SMS, the code is SA31 and the number where you can do that is 048880811. Helen, can you just uh, end this program please uh, with a word of prayer? Shall do. Loving Heavenly Father, thank you Lord. Thank you for your word. Thank you for the revelation that we see in nature that you are indeed a wonderful, wonderful creator. Help us to meditate on the glorious splendor of your majesty. Help us, Lord, to acknowledge the wondrous works that you have done, your awesome acts, and help us to declare your greatness, Father, and help us to utter the memory of your great goodness that we've learnt tonight, and help us to sing of your righteousness. Father, we don't have the words, but I pray that someone has been touched by your word, the word of God, and come to realize it is truth, it is true. Garden of Eden, perfect. Sin came in, men made the wrong choice, but one day it will happen again where you will come and you'll take us to a beautiful place just as perfect. 
and we'll live with you forever. We long for that day, Father, in the loving name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Helen, for that beautiful prayer. Uh, that's it for us today from Nick Rita and Helen Gray. Uh, please join us again next time. But uh, I'll leave you with this um, uh, this thought uh, from uh, John chapter 14, verse 27. Beautiful one. It says, I'm leaving you with the gift of peace and of mind and heart and the peace I give isn't like the peace the world gives so don't be troubled or afraid some trust in chariots and some in horses but we will remember the name of the lord our god some trust in chariots and some in horses but we will remember the name of the lord our god they are brought down and fallen but we are risen and stand upright. They are brought down and fallen. But we are risen and stand upright. Some trust in chariots, some in horses, but we will remember the name of the Lord our God. Some trust in chariots, some in horses, but we will remember the name of the Lord our God. They are brought down and fallen, but we are risen and stand upright. Some trust in chariots, some in horses, but we will remember the name of the Lord our God. Some trust in chariots, some in horses, but we will remember the name of the Lord our God. They are brought down and fallen, but we are risen and stand upright. Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we will remember the name of the Lord our God. Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we will remember the name of the Lord our God. sky to close the day I wait the surf where dolphins play the taste of salt the dance of waves and my soul wells up with hallelujahs a lightning flash my pounding heart a breaching wheel a shooting star Give testimony that you are And my soul wells up with hallelujahs Oh, praise Him all His mighty words There is no language where you can be heard Your song goes out to all the earth 
Saturn's rings Unveil our Father as you sing And my soul wells up with hallelujah Oh, praise Him all His mighty works There is no language where you can be heard Your soul goes out to all the earth Hallelujah of life within my wrist A fallen snow A rising mist There is no higher praise than this And my soul wells up And my soul wells up Yes, my soul wells up with hallelujah Oh, praise Him all His mighty
Yeah. 